Well, let's face it. We spent a lot of time talking about housing on this show, and I promise you it'll be no different in 2023. In many ways, it's the defining issue of our time. In fact, we'll be talking about our ballooning immigration numbers and the fact we aren't building enough housing fast enough. That'll be at the 5 o'clock hour. It's a national issue, but it's a local issue as well. Here in Vancouver, the concern sounds something like this. Too many housing development proposals become stalled at the permit approval stage as local councils deliberate over building heights, parking issues, and the character of neighborhoods. Now, this is happening as homeless encampments pop up, rental units are difficult to find, house prices rise, and thousands of people arrive in BC looking for places to live. Well, our next guest has some advice on how we can speed up approvals in 2023. In fact, uh, he's put together a 12 Days of Christmas planning guide. Uh, He sent one to me the other day, and I found it fascinating. I thought it would be a great time to talk a little bit about housing. Uh, Michael Geller is the president of the Geller Group. He's an architect, he's a planner, and a real estate consultant as well. Michael, thank you for joining us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for inviting me. Yeah, it was very clever. I appreciate uh, the email that you sent uh, in regards to your 12 Days of Planning Guide. Now, I won't go through each one individually, but uh, there's some of that I found quite interesting. Now, on the second day of Christmas, as it says in the uh, in the uh, planning guide that you sent me, you said, rein in design review committee members. Now, explain a little bit that to our audience in regards to how sure. City Hall works in regards to the planning. Most municipalities have a review of a design by staff and eventually by the councillors, but they often have something called a design review committee or in Vancouver, the urban design panel. And uh, it's a variety of architects as well as some engineers, landscape architects and others who review the plans. And I've sat on this panel uh, twice in Vancouver over the years. But one of the problems I've noted is very often the kind of people who want to be on these committees are often very knowledgeable, but they're also very opinionated. And too often I see them suggesting design changes which go against what the staff had been telling them to do or perhaps even what the community had been telling them to do. So one of the things I've said is just to speed up the process, let's think a bit about, more about just how much say each individual member should have. Now, this isn't happening everywhere, but it definitely does happen. And if there's any architects or developers listening to us right now, <laughs> and I'm sure there are, they say he's absolutely right. And, and this isn't just a, a city of Vancouver issue. It's throughout the Lower Mainland and many other uh, municipalities around, around British Columbia as well. That's right. Most municipalities have a design review committee process and sometimes just waiting to get on the agenda of the design review committee can cause a delay of a month or two while you're simply waiting. And then very often what I see is the committee members say, well, you know, this is this shows promise, but I think we'd like to see this design again. And so three months later, it goes back, and by then they've changed the composition of the committee, and there's somebody new who has a couple of other ideas. And people will be laughing and saying, oh, don't be silly, Geller, but this is part of the problem. Wow. Well, on the third day of Christmas, according to um, uh, your, uh, your list here, you're recommending to improve public input procedures. Now, I'm going to assume you're okay with public input and public hearings, but uh, you see some challenges there. Yeah. In fact, I am okay. And I actually don't agree with the suggestion that there, you know, we should be allowing 12-story buildings in neighborhoods with two- and three-story buildings without any public hearing process. I actually disagree with that. But what I don't like is the fact that many public hearings, the process is abused. 
for one thing, the developers are stacking the room, but the public is stacking the room. The other thing I see is in some municipalities, individuals can speak three times. And when I shared this with one of my colleagues, he reminded me of former Richmond Mayor Gil Blair, who was excellent when it came to managing public input. And he made it very clear. Look, if you're going to repeat what someone else has just said, I don't want to listen to you for five minutes. And he would manage the process. And so I'm just encouraging municipalities not to cut out the public hearings, but to at least manage them. But also to say, look, with new technology, maybe there's other ways to solicit public input rather than make, uh, you know, go on and on. I went through one project in Delta. Some mm-hmm. of your listeners from Delta, were, it went off for 26 nights. <laughs> 26 <laughs> nights, Jazz, wow. before it was finally turned down. Oh, my God. Well, let's talk about the other issue, which is, you know, we had a lot of city councillors and mayors uh, on this show, and we talk uh, in many cases about rezoning and, and zoning challenges um, in your, under your recommendation, based on your experience, you're saying reduce the number of rezonings. Walk me through that. We, one of the big debates right now is how do we finance growth? How do we finance the cost of infrastructure to accommodate the homes we need? And uh, that, that in itself is an important discussion. But one of the problems we have right now is municipalities want to charge something called a community amenity contributions. But they have to be voluntary. They're not legally allowed to, to charge them in many municipalities under the Municipal Act. And so what we do is we deliberately improperly zone land. So a developer comes forward with a rezoning, and then he can voluntarily make that $3.5 million community amenity contribution. I'm I'm not saying we should cut out the contributions. I'm saying two things. One, we should fix the amounts, and to the credit of the city of Vancouver, it is in the process of doing that. But two, we shouldn't have to have a rezoning to charge a community amenity contribution. Let's just change the municipal act and then zone land so that people know what's likely going to happen because a rezoning often takes a year or two, and it's a very uh, uncertain process. And I think we need to uh, to address that. Um, Michael, it's not as just a Vancouver issue, but why have we gotten to this point where, and I don't want to be blaming and kicking around municipal governments, because I think, the, as, you, as you said already in, in, in some of your comments, the provincial government has some, a role to play in regards to um, uh, the provincial um, uh, legislation here. But why have we got to this point where, you know, it, it's quite frustrating to get anything built, uh, to build anything, number one. And, you know, it takes so much time at City Hall for some of this stuff to get done. Like, how, why have we gotten here? And how have we gotten here? Yeah. And it's not just big projects. I mean, people right now who are listening to us who have stores or small restaurants who've been trying to get a permit to do some alterations, they're probably saying, you know, this is exactly what we've been experiencing. People are trying to get a permit to restore a heritage house. You think everybody wants to help them, and they do want to help them, but it still takes not days or weeks, and sometimes not even months. It takes years. And why is it? Because over the years, we've taken our zoning bylaws and our procedures, and we've kept layering on. Each few years, there's a review, and then we layer on more regulations. 
And so one of the things I'm suggesting is we really need to do the equivalent of zero-based budgeting and say, now, really, how many of these regulations are really absolutely necessary? Why is there variation? You'll note in my card, I point out in the city of Vancouver, uh, in some zones, a balcony can be equal to 8% of the area of the building. In other zones, it can go up to 12% of the area of the building. In other zones, there's no limit on the size of the balconies. And I think one really has to question, is it necessary to have all this variation? And is it necessary to have all these different zones? Mm -hmm. And I really do think we can simplify these things. And, And that's why I thought, well... In the spirit of holiday giving, why not throw out some of these suggestions? And to be fair, many of the politicians have responded to me and thanked me for it, but pointed out they're already implementing some of these changes, and it's true. But the reality is we've been talking about speeding up the approval process or streamlining it for literally decades. And uh, it's just got worse. Yeah, and you, you know, uh, and uh, your list is wonderful. Like number nine is reducing the number of council design approvals. Your twelfth day of Christmas is create a nexus lane for pre-qualified applicants. Really, uh, really simple, smart, practical responses to the challenges that are before us. When I look at Ontario, they've talked about creating a um, a, ma- a super mayor's office, similar to what a ma- American mayor would have, would would the power that they would have. Uh, and we're going to be talking about that a little bit at five o'clock as well. Do you think now? My final question to you. Do do you think we're with our premier wanting to really put his mark on housing? You're seeing um, the uh, the Ontario provincial government with their uh, premier wanting to give more powers to mayors to speed up zoning. Do you think we're at that point where we can actually start fundamentally in 2023 moving forward, actually start speeding up some of these processes and a practical response to actually getting housing built faster and, and really increasing supply? I I am optimistic because I think things have got so bad, as I mentioned on the show once before. They've got so bad, it's not hard to improve the process. But there's no doubt that David Eby's personal commitment to uh, sort of let the provincial government intervene if necessary, I think that is is resonating with a lot of municipalities. Now, some of the politicians are upset about that, you know, Don't come and try and play in our sandbox. But I think the majority of politicians recognize that there's legitimacy to the concerns that developers and architects, but also small homeowners and small business owners are claiming. And uh, in Ontario, they actually do have a higher level of appeal called the Ontario Municipal Board. And uh, it's worth having a conversation about that one day. I think most people would say we don't want that here. But I know that most of the developers that I talk to are very pleased that David Eby is saying, look, if you're not going to speed up the approval process and simplify the programs, then I am going to take some necessary action. And indeed, the province has done a couple of studies on how the process can be improved. There's some excellent recommendations. And hopefully we will see them. And the fact that you're allowing me to talk about this and hopefully other listeners will uh, follow up with letters to their municipality. That's how we make change. Yeah, absolutely. Michael, uh, always uh, enjoy talking with you. Uh, happy holidays to you and your family. Look forward to uh, many more conversations in 2023. Have a wonderful right. day. Same to you. All the best.